Hello everybody, welcome back to the Lily Kate Show. Today we have a very special guest in our new studio for the first time. So exciting. Please welcome Carson Wolf to the podcast. Yeah, I'm Carson Wolf. I love the new uh, podcast setup. It's great. Excited you're here. Yes, and you are fighting every day against the communists who are trying to destroy America. So excited you're here. First, I do want you to tell a little bit of a story though, because I know you're young, you're just about to go to college, you have a past, and there's a few things that you went through in high school that need to be exposed. Well, yeah, high school is a super interesting time right now for conservatives, especially I, as you've realized too. But um, so I just got back from my college orientation and it was, it was interesting because mm. I go to a pretty conservative school, don't get me wrong, but this weekend at my orientation, we had these, these pronouns and it was basically just an oppression game. You know, everybody was, was trying to one-up each other on how oppressed we are. It's like, oh, you, you're black? Well, I, I'm gay and black. Oh my, oh my God, and, and I'm a gay black woman. Like, it's like that's the top of the food exactly. chain. So you had pronouns on your name tags? Yeah, yeah, we had pronouns on our name tags. Somebody, some people put like he, they. What does that even mean? Like, yeah, like, incorrect I, grammar. Yeah, yeah, you're sometimes plural, but you're sometimes singular, I, I guess. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's um, like multiple personality yeah, disorder? I don't know. I think so. But <laughs> anyways, we had these on our on our name tag, and it, it was. I was like, why do we value this sort of like oppression hierarchy? Mm. And it's even in college campuses, on conservative college campuses, yeah. and that really, really frustrated me. You could almost say it's like an oppression Olympics. Yeah, Seriously. Much, yeah. It's whoever can get to the top of the oppression game. Yeah. Uh, like, like Michael Knowles says, he says yeah. oppression is currency. That's exactly. the way that we pay yeah. for our status in society. Yeah. We used to go to these YouTube events, right? Mm -hmm. And... It was funny because my sister and I would always play a game. It was however many bands you could get on your arms meant how many meet and greets you were yeah. featured at, how many parties you went to mm -hmm. meant how many uh, backstage things you got to go yeah. to, things like that. And so we'd always say, you know, wristbands are your currency. Mm -hmm. Wristbands are the way that you make known how famous yeah. you are, basically. Exactly. She would always win because she was so much more successful really? than I was. <laughs> but it's still the same concept. It's however many wristbands we can mm -hmm. get or however many um, political tokens we can get yeah. makes us win the oppression. Olympics. Yeah, the labels. The, the I'm oh, I'm a transgender, black, BIPOC. Uh, what, what does BIPOC even mean again? Good, like good question. Black, black indigenous uh, person of color. Person of so, color. You got to throw the black indigenous in there because that's a. Of course, and you have something. to hyphenate everything. It's yeah, all about exactly. hyphenating yeah, it. Yeah. And I was listening to a John Doyle video. He was saying and giving this little presentation about how you can't actually be a hyphenated mm -hmm. American. That's not what America is. That's the very idea that can dismantle America. Is if you are a hyphenated mm -hmm. American, and what that means is. I'm a Hispanic American, yeah. I'm a Cuban American, I'm a, you know, Irish American, technically that's what I, I'd be a Scottish American, right? But that's not the idea of what America was built off yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. And because like this weekend when I was at my orientation, everybody was putting like, oh, I'm, I'm a black American because it was, it was all our identities. It wasn't just pronouns. We had to mm. do like, oh, I'm black American from blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is like what's important to me. I, I didn't put white straight Christian American. <laughs> I literally just, I, I put Carson and I didn't even put my pronouns because that's pretty stupid. Let's face it. Agreed. But like we tend to separate like African American culture and right. Hispanic American culture and white American culture, but they're all the same. They've yeah. all contributed to one another and created this molded sort of culture that yeah. is American culture. Because when you come to America, you can become American and yeah. you are expected or should be expected to become an American because if you go to Germany, yeah. You will not become a German. Exactly. You will always be an American yeah. who lives in Germany. You'll always mm -hmm. be known as, if you're a French person, you go to Germany. You won't become German. Yeah. But that's the amazing thing about America, that it's not an ethno-state. Mm. It's not based on your ethnicity at all. It's literally based on a set of values that you can champion and that came from Western culture. Exactly. But the left, they hate Western culture yeah. because it 
accepts that. Mm -hmm. It accepts and says, hey, it doesn't matter who you are. You can become that because that's the tenet of Christianity. Yeah, exactly. That's after Jesus came and died on the cross. He opened up Christianity uh -huh. for everyone to have. Yeah. You are born again in Christ. And since Western culture is so deeply connected with mm -hmm. Christianity and America has such a Christian founding and nobody can change my yeah. mind on that. I've no, studied it I, I extensively. Too, yeah. That is why they hate the idea that we don't play identity politics mm -hmm. in here. They hate the idea that you can subscribe and be someone else, but also not be part of a bigger group or Dude. not be part of an identity because yeah. they can't divide and conquer you that way. Exactly, yeah, and because the thing is, like, a lot of people get mad at me for saying this, but I, I prefer people, illegal immigrants from, like, Cuba to white liberal rich girls who are whining about America and burning <laughs> the flag, you know? Because those people share our values. I think at the center of American, of the American identity is gratitude. And mm. Cubans, they're flying the American flag. Meanwhile, our white libs are, are burning it. You know, I think right. a lot of Cubans share more our American values than some of our own citizens. Yeah, gratitude is an attitude that is of great importance. Yeah. It also, you know, it washes away all the other things. If you are fearful and you decide to be grateful, you're no longer fearful. Exactly. You know, it goes with anger, it goes with patriotism. Patriotism mm -hmm. essentially is gratitude at the bottom level. Very much And, so, yeah. you know, it's really important that we foster that in our society still. Speaking of kind of like gratitude, one of the most important ideas and the oppression Olympics, something came out this week that was really important. Um, and as you guys know, the Lily K show has segments now and this is a breaking news segment. Now you guys have definitely heard about this, but Simone Biles, she's the world's greatest gymnast. A lot of people don't know this. I was actually a gymnast for I think eight years. I competed um, for six years. And then I had elbow surgery, had to leave and go to dance, and eventually somehow ended up doing politics. Don't know how that Dude, happened. That still blows my mind. That's so dope. <laughs> but Simone Biles, fantastic gymnast. Actually, where I used to train for my gymnastics, she was very close by, in the same town as me. Really loved the girl. Really great Christian. She's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful girl. But she recently has left the Olympics for reasons that she stated that said she wasn't having fun. Mm -hmm. She's wanting to do it for her mental health, and she felt that she just couldn't do it. Now, she easily is the best gymnast in the whole entire world, and yeah. I know you did a little bit of like pre-Olympic stuff yeah, yourself. Yeah. Um, and Simone Biles, I think this is a really interesting case because I, I'm not here to dog on her. I don't want to dog on what she's done, mm -hmm. what she's accomplished. She's incredible. But there's a bigger narrative that her actions have really started buffing and really started showing us things yeah. within the narrative that I think we need to place a little bit of time talking about what the media's response was to Simone Biles saying that she wanted to quit. Yeah, I mean, they sort of like endorsed it, right? Like mm -hmm. th they were like acting like she's so heroic, you know, for, for stepping out. It's like, that's not heroic. That, that, right. That's really just kind of like what people, it's, it's like the bare minimum, I think. Cause mm -hmm. like, I mean, sure, I've done that too. Like you mentioned, I did a lot of uh, pre-Olympic sort of stuff. Like in wrestling, whenever we had a wrestling match, I would always, like, you know, I didn't want to do it because at the state level, it's so much pressure, you know? Mm. So I, I tried and get out of it. I mean, that's just human. That's right. like a competing nature, but that's not heroic right. in any sense, you know? Yeah, because the media, all of them came out and said, we demand that you endorse what mm -hmm. she's doing. We demand that you affirm and celebrate her decision. And while, you know, maybe she has mental stuff going on, I, I did gymnastics and she said later on, that she was experiencing um, not knowing where she was in the air mm -hmm. while you're flipping. That's very dangerous. I've, yeah. I've experienced that before and it's kind of scary. Yeah. But the thing is, is that 
that's not what she said initially. Mm -hmm. She came out and said she just felt like she couldn't do it and she wasn't having fun. The media's response to that was, wow, isn't she so brave? Isn't she so courageous? And we demand that you, the viewer, you and I, person listening to this podcast, support that and Mm -hmm. endorse that. When that goes against the main tenets of conservatism, yeah. it's being brave, standing up and for what you believe. And just stoicism too. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it's not heroic to to step out. Like, sure, right. people expect you to do that. But what's what's heroic is if you were like came out after the fact and was like, she just competed and she comes out and says, I was really struggling with mental health, but I mm. still did that. You know, I'm a hero. Like that's heroic. Right. Not stepping out. No, exactly. And so we have this bigger idea of bravery in society mm-hmm. that's kind of been dismantled a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know. And and she, uh, again, she's done amazing things. I'm I'm betting that China and Russia are praising the God, Lord yeah. right now because they're going to win, yeah. right? She carried the U.S. team for like eight freaking exactly, years. Exactly, she's amazing. Yeah. They're cheering her on saying, you're a hero, you know, keep, stay out there. Just, <laughs> just stay at home, you know, you, yeah. you got it. The other people who want to win the Olympics are getting exactly what they wanted. Exactly. But, you know, I don't think being a quitter is honorable. And I wouldn't even be talking about this story mm-hmm. if the media wasn't telling us that being a quitter is honorable. Yeah. And that's what we're really combating here. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I, I, I like Simone Biles a lot. I, I don't like this decision. I think it was probably the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, she's represented, back to the ideas of, like, gratitude, she has represented our country yeah. in, in great ways. She's been a patriot. She definitely has promoted the more conservative ideals and speaking yeah. out against, like, the whiners like LeBron James. And oh, like, I know, Colin Kaepernick. It's like, it's more than we can say about, what, yeah. what's her name, Megan Rapinoe. It's oh, like, my yes. God. So oh, yeah. she has been a great representative for our country, mm-hmm. especially in the Olympics. Yeah. But I think this decision was the wrong one. So what does it say about our culture, though, when we have this amazing woman who decides to quit because she can't, she feels like she can't mm-hmm. do it. That's totally fine. Media is telling us, no, you have to agree to this, and people are. Mm-hmm. What does that say about the kind of culture that we have? I think it says less about like our the how the left is taking things because we knew that they were going to react that way. We knew that we could mm-hmm. predict that from a mile. I think it says more about the conservatives' inability to react to this sort of stuff and to actually take a stance. Because look, the only people talking about this issue on the conservative side were like Charlie Kirk, yeah. you know, and then other people talked about it days later. And Charlie Kirk got a lot, he took all the fire for it. <laughs> like, right. it, but nobody else was talking about it. And all, a lot of the squishy conservatives, mm-hmm. you know, they were just submitting to the left's perspective of it. And I think, you know, we can't do that. We can't right. be absent on these sort of issues. That's yeah. the reason that they've, adapted this culture to, to value this sort of false heroism, you know? Right. Yeah, false heroism. That yeah. is the, exactly the idea that we're finding here and we're tracing. And so what are the societal detriments to having the idea of the false hero? Someone who is a victim, but ends up thinking that they're the hero because of their victim mentality. Well, yeah, I mean, George Floyd is the biggest example of that. Like, yeah. this, this is a, we're talking about a guy who lived his entire life as a criminal, you know, and not a reformed criminal. Like, everyone was like, George Floyd, he was about to become, he's about to set his life straight, but it's like, no, he wasn't. He, <laughs> he was about to change. He died while committing a crime, you right. know? It's like, well, this guy is not a changed man. And yet he's, he's praised as a freaking god, mm-hmm. you know, as if he's... Nancy the, Pelosi literally oh said, god, thank you for your sacrifice. So again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. It, calling him a martyr and stuff, like he was just dying. He knew, he knew that he was going to be killed by, by Derek Chauvin. 
that's disputed still. Don't want to take a stance on that. I, I'm okay. <laughs> Don't want to get both but, of us yeah, majorly exactly. canceled. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but like we value George Floyd, this this non-reformed criminal, and we praise him as a savior. Yet people mm. like George Washington, actual heroes who had a little bit of faults, little human faults, who Naturally. were not victims. Right. You know, we tear down those statues and put up George Floyd because guess what? He was a victim, and that's unchangeable by time. You know. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's the way I view it. No, I think you're exactly right about that. It's who are we putting on a pedestal for what actions? I don't know the answer to this, but why does the victim mentality make someone a hero? Because we think that the more you suffer, the more you actually change and like the more you grow. Because like obviously a lot of a lot of wisdom and development as humans is made through, you know, this ultimate triumph after this huge struggle. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm guessing you've gone through like a really hard time in your life in which like you were kind of low and then but you something built you back up to it Mm -hmm. and you built yourself back up to it that's what we think happens in all cases but that's really not I mean it didn't happen in George Floyd's case right you know like the dude was he was a criminal died a criminal that's Mm -hmm. just the way it goes but and we take these little ident these little labels and say like victim oh so he went through a lot and he and he he prevailed at the end. Yeah. But no, he didn't, you know? Well, I think, actually, it might be something a little bit deeper than that, too, now that I'm starting to piece this question together. It's because we use victim mentality as a currency because we have no God, that, right? I and agree fully. I'm going to make this connection because it might sound a little mm-hmm. bit weird. No, no, I get but, what you mean, yeah. But, you know, our God, the God of the Bible, Christianity, he commands us to be self-reliant. He mm-hmm. commands us to be able to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps that, you know, all who have sinned have fallen short mm-hmm. of the glory of God. It's a very personalized mm-hmm. um, debt and weight that yeah. each person has and that we know that good works can't save us. We know that we're never going to be a good person. Yeah. We're going to mess up continually because faith in God and how you suffer, how you suffer in your yeah. general life is proof of how strong your faith is, exactly. right? And so the fact that we suffer with or without a God regardless, mm-hmm. I think in society what that tells us is that when someone is suffering and they don't have a belief in God, they don't have any reason to have faith. Does no, that exactly. make sense? Yeah, it does. It fully does. And like, yeah, they really, we have like sort of put up these these false idols to in replace of God. Like, you know yeah. how, what, what does Michael Knowles call He calls it secular progressivism. Yes, the and, religion and the, of secular exactly, progressivism. Exactly, that's the idea. It's this this constant strive for this idea of, of equality instead of like of providence and for, you know, enlightenment mm. from God. Like, that's what we talk about as Christians. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they strive for, not for enlightenment, they strive for equality right. or progress. These right. blanket terms that mean absolutely nothing. Anymore. You know? Yeah, they don't yeah. mean anything anymore. But also, whenever you do have a God and he's telling you that you will always fall short of my glory, but I have mm-hmm. love for you and I have grace for you, then there's nobody to blame but yourself, mm-hmm. right? If you're in a relationship with you and your God. But if you don't have a God, you can't blame yourself yeah, for anything. No Why should you blame yourself mm-hmm. for anything? Oh, that's the system. You know, that's yeah, just, it's, it's the system. Racism, of uh, course. Systemic racism. And well, yeah, it's and, the court system. Mm-hmm. It's because you're white. It's because of the, you know, whatever external factor it is, you're going to blame it on that. Exactly. Because you don't have anyone telling you, a superior yeah. authority saying, hey, maybe you should take the blame yeah, for this. Maybe, yeah, and you're totally right. And back to the, that idea of like racism, you know, you can blame this or that. A lot of the time we used to blame sin. You know, we mm. used to look at those ideas of sin. Like it's just, you're being corrupted by sin. But no, now now the only way we view sin nowadays is, is racism, yep. injustice, um, misogyny, uh, anything, Bigotry. transphobia, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Like all of these have replaced sin, you mm-hmm. know, and those are the only ways we can view 
immoral action. Yeah, but going even farther, I think the virtues have been replaced with vices. We now mm -hmm. celebrate pride. We celebrate selfishness. Don't I mean, even get me started. We have that. a whole month about celebrating pride. We have, you know, we are celebrating Simone Biles' essentially selfish decision to not support her teammates mm -hmm. when, you know, she thinks that she can't do it, even though even with her big bobbles and score, she even scored the highest mm -hmm. yeah. and would still have won anyway. Exactly. So I think that's a bogus excuse, you know, and we, we don't celebrate prudence. We don't celebrate any sort of virtues. Mm -hmm. Self-control, we don't celebrate yeah. that anymore. We're not told to be joyful. We're told to be consumers. You yeah. know, we're told by society that we have to reach equality whenever we should actually be working hard. Yeah. It's a complete, like, if you read Galatians 5, 22, 23, mm -hmm. the fruits of the spirit, it has completely reversed. And the idea of love has now turned into pride. Mm -hmm. The idea of self-control has turned into lust and licentiousness and accentuating that in our culture. So it's not even just a switch of who are we blaming, but literally a complete and utter mix-up of yeah. what's a virtue and what's a vice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, fully. And, like, back on that, like, idea of, like, pride and whatnot, you know, we used to value, like, you used to look for something in a relationship of like how strong is your bond together how much do you love each other yeah. nowadays your value as a teenager comes from your body count you mm -hmm. know and, and that that just proves how freaking screwed up our our mm -hmm. youth culture is and yeah. it, it values this sort of this this licentiousness and immorality like you said we have an entire month to celebrate exotic sex that's literally what it is i don't, I don't even think it's pride i think it's we're celebrating exotic sex because yeah. it's not just about pride or LGBTQ ABC or whatever you know <laughs> it's 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 about exotic stuff you know yeah that's why we have these labels to define everything there's asexual I thought that just meant you you like made genetic copies of yourself apparently it means you you're a psychopath and you you're attracted to nobody yeah it's like oh and then there's one the demisexual and it's like I'm attracted yeah. to someone when I have an emotional connection exactly. with them so and I'm like oh a woman person. oh a woman <laughs> a normal ass person yeah, yeah that's literally. exactly what you are yeah and we have these labels just to feel that sort of narcissism and mm -hmm. saying, oh my God, I'm a hero just for being me. You're yeah. not a hero for just being because you. Because when you can't find an identity in Christ and you don't find an identity in the great I am, you're left with the pathetic question, who am I? Yeah. And that is why we see so many people in our culture reaching their arms outwards to all the external things around them to give them purpose, to give mm -hmm. them a sense of self, to give them a sense of meaning that they mm -hmm. don't have when they could be just looking upward and saying, hey, maybe there's something higher than myself that I need to be pursuing. Mm -hmm. And this goes for patriotism. This goes you know, for the idea of serving myself rather than serving my nation. This goes for serving my family. This goes for serving myself or a God, yeah. you know, that relationship as well. But but back to the idea of being courageous and sticking through the hardships. You know, should we as conservative tolerate the promotion of weakness in our society, especially if it's coming, and I don't want to sound wrong with this, but especially since it's a woman who decided to quit the Olympics, because we know that women are the weaker vessel, mm -hmm. right? They're yeah. more soft, more emotional, yeah. and that's one of the things that makes women so beautiful is that we are infinitely valuable and infinitely protectable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, should we tolerate this form of letting women do whatever they want at the detriment of their team, or should we hold a standard? You know, we need to hold standards. That's exactly what society's about. And also, you know, I wanna, I wanna touch on that point. Like, I don't think necessarily that the that the femininity of it aspect of it is necessarily weakness. I think it's weakness mm. when it applies to men, but I think that when it applies to women, that makes them stronger. You know, like we were mm -hmm. talking about earlier, this idea of 
of a strong woman nowadays mm -hmm. takes this, you know, yes, queen, you know, like, oh my God, you're so strong, you're so brave, so beautiful, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't need a man. Yeah, you don't need no man. It's like, okay, that, that sounds strong. Like, right. I, I consider my mom to be the strongest person. I would consider her nothing like that. I would not consider mm -hmm. her to be this person who's who's out, you know, owning the... Owning the, the libs. Oh, the men, yeah, or anything like that. I wouldn't consider her anything like that. She's actually very, she's just very emotionally focused, mm -hmm. um, providing for the kids, stuff like that. I think that's a strong woman. Yeah, because our idea of a strong woman is actually completely turned around mm -hmm. of what it should be. Because strong women are people who give back to their families, who pursue a relationship with Christ, who cultivate really good family relationships and a really good family ecosystem mm -hmm. and a culture. And then that branches out to their communities. I'm a firm believer that if we didn't have women, there'd be no such thing as community. I agree fully. And there'd be no church events to go to. Mm -hmm. There'd be no community events to go to. There would be no, there'd be freaking no grocery yeah, stores. Exactly. You know, there would be no wars fought because someone needs to feed the yeah. men while they're off fighting exactly, a war. Yeah. You know, without women, society wouldn't even mm -hmm. exist besides the obvious point that we can reproduce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or birthing people. You yeah, know. oh yeah, birthing sorry. Don't That's offend, the correct term. I don't offend anybody you with my use of the word. You don't want to offend the pregnant man. Oh, okay. yeah. The idea of a strong woman is someone who fulfills her calling as a woman and mm -hmm. a strong man, their playground is usually more in the society, in the, you know, in the workplace. Why do women get this idea that they want to be a strong woman, but they have to compete with men to do that? Mm -hmm. And that's the whole feminist agenda, is the feminist agenda wants more men. They don't want more women. Mm -hmm. Because they're saying that if you act like a woman, you will never be equal. Yeah. And that's false. Well, And that's why the feminist agenda, you know, this new wave of it, yeah. has, has sought to make men more feminine. Because masculine women won't be able to compete with masculine men. Because mm -hmm. obviously men are better at being men than women. <laughs> Who um, knew? Exactly. It's the just life-changing breakthrough. <laughs> but yeah, like that's why they try to make men more feminine. It's because they don't want to compete against masculine men. They're trying to confuse the fundamental building blocks of society. And back to the Simone Biles narrative, that's just another aspect of what this is feeding into, is that winning is not actually a criteria. Mm -hmm. Participating is winning, which is not promoting competition, not promoting self-reliance, yeah. not promoting any form of excellence that mm -hmm. we need to have in our society. The reason why America is so impactful is because the free market creates competition and it makes people strive for excellence. Yeah. And the free market and capitalism is literally the antithesis idea of communism. Mm -hmm. Communism is full control, no human excellence, everything is done and cut out for you way before, you know, you got to stay in your cookie cutter household yeah. and you have no individual rights, you have no even individual personality, mm -hmm. communism is literally the idea that this whole appraisal of Simone Biles is actually fitting into. And I want to go into that idea, make that connection, you know, aid people in watching out for this in the future. Because if we lower the standard of participating is winning, you mm -hmm. know, to that means, then we're not going to ever have anyone striving for excellence. Yeah. And, you know, why is excellence so important in a society? Well, excellence is so important in society because it, it empowers people to always seek for something better. Mm -hmm. Th this idea, like, in that, a lot of the time nowadays, progressives brand that as their own idea of progress. But that's not really what it is. Progress is just giving all the power away from the people and giving it to bureaucrats, elites who know. The CNBC article that said, 
you know, there's an idiot percentage in the population. Yes. And, like, that's what progressivism is. That's what the ideas of pr progress are, is, you know, we can't, we can't put the power in the hands of the individual people because they're not going to make the right decision. They're not right. going to fulfill our agenda. So let's just give it to the Fauci's of the world who, who are the experts. They are the science, you yeah. know. That's what progressivism is. And that those are the ideas that fuel socialism. Mm. They say we need to strive for this progress. That's why in Mao Zedong, in the, the Great Leap Forward, it killed so many people. But that was the most progressive thing in history ever. Mm -hmm. And also these ideas of, of abortion, also of the eugenics movement, those started as progressivist ideals because right. in America, the Woodrow Wilsons of the world were pushing the idea that the people can be trusted with their own ideals. You know, yeah. we got to give them ideals to focus on and then they will make the right decisions. And what they fail to realize is when push comes to shove, people will always do what is best for them and mm -hmm. their direct people. It's literally a distrust or maybe even an unfamiliarity with the actual human nature and mm -hmm. how humanity works, which really is just a separation from God, mm -hmm. essentially. So communism wants to take away all of your rights, all of your abilities, mm -hmm. all of everything from you and make you just literally a living bot. A cog of the state, you know? Right. Well, and that's why they, that's why in socialism and communism and also fascism for that matter are always atheist ideals. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they take, they separate you from God and your creator, giving you no higher purpose. You know, we're all just a bunch of cells yeah. just living on, on some rock in the middle of the, of the vast universe. And then they just make you that mm. because that makes you feel like you need the state. You need them to rely on you. Yeah. And I consider socialism to be a form of fascism. Fascism, I don't consider it to be that, that sort of traditional idea of, you know, it's just nationalism or something yeah. like that. Fascism is when people worship the state instead of God. Right. And that's what socialism is too. You're right, because they're always, you know, we say there are fascist means to get to a place of socialism. Mm -hmm. Oh, socialism hasn't been tried yet. You can't get socialism without fascism because you have to have that oligarch at the mm -hmm. top controlling and utilizing authoritarian exactly. policies to get to a place of socialism. And by the way, they tried it in Jamestown with the Puritans, the most yeah. Christian people, and it still failed. America is so far gone right now on this idea of participation is winning, everybody mm -hmm. is winning, while we're, literally as we speak, Carson, they are competing in the Olympic Games. Yeah. A world, like worldwide, a whole universe of all the best athletes, all the most amazing people who have trained their whole lives to mm -hmm. get there. So, you know, as Americans, we have to be infuriated that all the American people, or maybe not all of them, but at least the media surrounding it, are going into the Olympic Games saying, no, everyone's a winner. Yeah. And if we don't have any national pride, any national identity, which we should, because that ultimately is what patriotism is, and that's the way we're not going to let ourselves be just completely bowled over by other yeah. nations that are rising right now, at least in the Olympics, we should be able to represent ourselves and compete for the gold medal, which America has a great track record of doing. Damn straight, yeah. Ugh, man, and it's just like, I'm a very competitive person, yeah. so when it comes to this kind of thing, I, I, f I see it as an injustice to the whole nation of America that people are going into the Olympic Games with the mindset, oh, everybody's a winner. Yeah. China and Russia are not going in with that mindset not at either. All. Mm -hmm. They would they would crush us. And like, oh, yeah. oh and, and the mega Megan Rapinoe's of the world, they're so oppressed because, you know, they're, they're living in the Olympics 
Olympics and and their and their Victoria's Secret contract with it <laughs> gives them like a penthouse. It's like you're not a, you're not oppressed. You're yeah. you're, you're really not. And what what are you protesting? The freaking LeBron Jameses of the world. Oh my you goodness. know, it's like you're a good bla- basketball player, but I'm not gonna watch you anymore because you're freaking whining. Yeah. You know, you have a job to do and you have responsibility. And this goes back to the idea we were talking about earlier with femininity and masculinity. At the end of the day, whether you're a man or a woman, mm. you have a responsibility. And LeBron James. Guess what? Your responsibility is to play basketball and to be good at it. Megan Rapinoe, your responsibility is to represent the United States and to be good at it. Yeah. They fail in every aspect of that because they, they have not, like, recognized the, the calling that they have that God's mm-hmm. given them, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, America's starting to push this godless society, and we wonder why everything is so divided. We mm-hmm. wonder why we're all outraged that it's the only currency. The only currency is, you know, essentially how many wristbands you yeah. have, how many victim points you have. We wonder why... Our nation is in the state that it is whenever we don't worship a god anymore mm-hmm. because every person has to worship something. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be worshiping something that's either going to be god, that's either going to be the self, that's either going to be material items, and that's either going to be the state mm-hmm. or a combination of all the three and god at the side. Exactly. You know, and you can't you can't worship two masters. Mm-hmm. I love that biblical principles, they work for Christians and non-Christians regardless. Yeah. So what are other areas that communist and Marxist ideas have infiltrated our culture? In the racial hierarchy, you know, socialism and communism has always focused on the ideas of like a racial hierarchy. You know, communism in theory focuses on destroying all hierarchies, but that's not what it does because it reinforces a lot of them because they have to divide society. In a socialist state, like the earliest socialist states, in the French Revolution, you know, they had to divide people based on class. That's how it all started with like the traditional Marxist principles of mm. pe- the workers are divided by class, by elitism and the proletariat. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they focus on dividing us and then they conquer us once we're divided, you know, because right. that's the easiest way. Because that's the nature of government. The mm-hmm. nature of government is to always get bigger, it's to always have more oppression and eventually every government every form of government will start oppressing their own people period no question about it that's just how the world works and that's how people are and that's why we need a savior in the end exactly and back on that point is like throughout history this sort of idea of of uh, the class struggle kind of went away because people realized it's like it's not as important you know the the rich were getting richer but the the poor were also getting a lot poorer and the, and the, or a lot richer, richer right. and the standard of living was constantly raising mm-hmm. you know um, so then they realized yo maybe it's actually nations because during the Great War everybody was super like nationalistic and then they started to realize maybe it's nation and national identity that divides people so then that's where fascism comes in mm. and then after that you know you had Nazism and National Socialism saying no it's actually race that divides us mm. and I think that we're still on that track nowadays of saying mm. um, I think the, the progressive left has reintroduced that idea of race actually divides us you yeah. know and that, that that really scares me, especially because this is like a socialist ideal. Right. And they re- they understand the tenets of Marx that you need to divide people. Oh, totally. But I love where you're going with that because now we can add on to that and say what they're pushing now is this idea of projection. Mm-hmm. At the same time as they're pushing this narrative along that, oh, race is all of importance. Race is the only thing that's important. They're calling us the Nazis. Yeah, they're yeah. calling us that. And so it's even more deceptive in a way than what was happening in World War II. Because mm-hmm. Hitler is right out saying, oh, no, got to kill all the Jews. You well, have to. Yeah, exactly. But the left isn't doing that yeah. yet. 
yet. I believe well, that they will. In sort, in some ways, they sort of are just doing the the things of that, the, that, the, that Hitler of that. did. You know, Hitler famously had the Reichstag fire. Mm. You know, and that's literally just what the Capitol riot was like. Acting like it was this huge, huge freaking yeah. thing where, where justification to start to, killing people. Yeah, the commun. If you guys don't know about the Reichstag fire, that's where the communist, communist quote unquote, burned down the um, the Reichstag in a political insurgency quote unquote. It was, it was really just act of like it was just vandalism a, and yeah. stupid teenagers being stupid. And they blamed <laughs> it on the communists, you know. Yeah. And that's what the January sixth insurrection, you know, was attempted yeah. to. That's what they say that was. Exactly. It, it was just an unorganized little. Little stupid ass. of policemen letting people in. We've exactly, all seen the video yeah. footage. You'll realize that in the early days of the Nazi regime, they branded the communists as Jews. They, mm -hmm. The terms Bolshevism and communism were interchangeable with Jewry. You know, they called it Bolsh or Jewish Bolshevism. Like mm -hmm. they called everything like that. And nowadays, a lot of the time, the straight white males is interchangeable <laughs> yeah. with conservatives. You know, they try to brand or with evil. Yeah, exactly. And I just. I just wrote an article that's going to be published in Unwoke Narrative that basically tackles the ideas of like the propaganda, the visuals, ideas mm -hmm. of the Nazi regime versus nowadays. And look at how they paint Trump supporters. You yeah. know, they paint them as dudes with neck beards. You know, fat guys, old rednecks, stuff like that. <laughs> do we? Do either of us look like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, no. you're here wearing a polo. Exactly. I got my grandma's watch on. Like, that's, no, we're presentable. Exactly. They try to make these these ideas of conservatives being undesirable mm -hmm. just like they called the Jews undesirable right. and they compared them to rats I don't know if you saw a sass Candace Owens spoke about the maggots term uh -huh. trending you know they, they call us maggots maggots just like yeah, they they're call trying the Jews to rats. create a superior race and mm -hmm. I guarantee you they're going to do this with unvaccinated people and vaccinated people. exactly I think they're probably already doing it I mean in Canada there's this photo in the airport there is a line for vaccinated people and unvaccinated people mm -hmm. and if you want to see what's coming to the US you got to look at what's happening in Canada Canada and you need to look at what's happening in Europe because yes. those are pretty much just spoiler alerts yeah. for what is going to happen in America and we can't let the idea of an unvaccinated race of people for the woo flu that uh, sure you take it take it seriously if you're in the age demographic mm -hmm. that it will actually affect yeah. you we need to watch out for them starting to say you're a leper you're mm -hmm. unclean we cannot associate with you because you're not vaccinated well, and that's why that's how the Holocaust started yeah. I don't know if you know this but this guy Heinrich Himmler, the guy who worked for the Nazis, who's who's the SS boss, he marketed the Holocaust as a version of a public health crisis. Basically, he said, mm. you know, these these Jews are the, they're from Eastern Europe. They're bringing all this Bolshevism, this communism, and all these diseases, and they're spreading it all across us, and they're infecting our genes. You right. know, this this interracial marrying, it's it's all screwing up our society, and we need to get rid of it. The only way to get rid of that is, you know, as they described it. Right. And like that's what I think they're going for. They're saying yeah. that like. The only way to totally secure our society from these impure people is through this ex full expulsion of, of people. And that's why they're trying to, you know, that's why nowadays they imprisoned a bunch of um, of the Capitol Hill rioters because, mm -hmm. you know, the horn dude is just <laughs> is just the biggest threat to society. And Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene, this freshman congresswoman, she's just, you know, she's the biggest threat. Oh, it's yeah. like that's why they market that yeah. is because they're they realize oh my God, we can create this sort of hierarchy in our Well, because society. chaos always creates opportunity and mm -hmm. Democrats and leftists are fantastic at using opportunity. That is one thing that I'm very jealous. They actually yeah. use yeah. the opportunity, wield the political power and actually get things done. So with that, I cannot wait to have you back on probably this time next year, this time yeah, in two sure. years. And we say, we told you so. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what if happened. If we're not, you know, in the gulag or something. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We yeah, might. Maybe live streaming from the gulag. Hey, you know what? But that'd be a great setting. They probably have good lighting exactly. in there. 
there anyway. Right, right. But Carson Wolf, thank you so much for coming on Thanks today. For me. Check Carson out at at Carson Wolf Official on Instagram, and I'm banned on TikTok. But um, also check out the organizations I work for. Yes, America. Yes underscore America on Instagram, and then on TikTok, yes.org. And also check out Unwoke Narrative. Great publisher. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on today. Awesome. Thanks for having me.